Hoopscast episode 7. What is going on? Hope you guys are having a great day. Let's go ahead and jump right into the topics. First topic for you guys today is a little beef that we had going on between James Harden and the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think I pronounced that right. Look, honestly, it was kind of, it was actually kind of interesting. And it was something that we don't really see too often in today's NBA. I thought it was something good to see. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a breath of fresh air. You know, the, the knock on today's league and the knock on, you know, the NBA in general is that it's become too friendly, it's become too star oriented, it's become too soft, as a lot of old heads would like to call it. And this is no shot or shade at old heads. I actually think, you know, they have a good perspective on the game of basketball. But when you've watched basketball live, you know, in the eighties, seventies and nineties where it was real tough and competitive um, you know, you kind of look down upon this era of basketball because it's just simply a lot softer. It's just, it's just a lot different. Obviously, I was born in 98. I didn't really watch, you know, too much of, you know, 80s or 70s basketball. I simply wasn't alive yet, but still no excuse. Obviously, you know, we have the internet. We can go back and watch it, but that's not my point here. My point that I'm trying to make is that old heads or, and I hate really calling them that because it kind of seems like I'm throwing shade, but people who who grew up watching other previous eras of basketball look down upon this one because this is simply, it doesn't seem competitive enough. There's not enough drama. There's not enough, you know, storylines or, you know, narratives that, that are developing as the season progresses. And that's because everyone in the NBA today seems kind of friendly towards one another. It's not too competitive like, you know, they're so, they're, that, they, that they've grown accustomed to. Because obviously, like I said before, or you know, previous area, previous eras of basketball were simply just a bit more competitive. You know, everyone everyone wasn't so friendly with each other. So when something like Giannis and James Harden comes along, it's, it's a giant breath of fresh air. You know, Giannis during the All Star draft selection, he kind of took a jab at James Harden. You know, he was down to his last two picks. It was down to his one of his last picks. And the choices were James Harden, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. And he picked Kemba because he said, I want somebody who's going to pass me the basketball. And he said that as a shot to James Harden because he doesn't feel James Harden is a great passer. He doesn't think he's a, he thinks he's a selfish player. Now, obviously, you know, that's a clear shot. And anyone with eyes will tell you that, you know, it was a little, it was a little bit of shade on Giannis's part. And then after the game, after the All-Star game, which happened, what, I think two weeks later, uh, Giannis post-game said, look, our game plan was to give the ball to whoever James Harden was guarding. And that's another shot pretty much saying, okay, James Harden is not a good defender. Well, a few days ago, and I believe it was, what, four or five days ago, James Harden, in an interview with Rachel Nichols on uh, ESPN, was made aware of, you know, these shots or the shade that was being thrown. And when she brought up the fact that he said, oh, I want somebody who's going to pass me the ball, James Harden responded and said, I average more assists than he does. <laughs> like, very nonchalant. Then he said, look. And then he took, a, he took a giant shot at Giannis right after that. He said, look, I wish I could run around and be seven feet tall and just dunk the ball. It takes no skill at all. It's easy. I have to actually learn basketball. I have to actually be skilled. And... And then he said, prior to that, look, none of those guys can touch me. And he said he believes he's the best basketball player in the NBA. And that's the type of stuff that we love. That's the type of stuff that we miss as fans of the NBA. We like to see two players jab at each other. We like to see two players, you know, two players be competitive in that sense. You know, both of them taking shots at each other. And that's good for the game of basketball. That brings the ratings up. That brings in old fans of the NBA back into the new 
that back that brings old fans of the NBA who stopped watching the NBA back around to watching the NBA, if that makes sense. Because that was something that happened regularly back in the eighties and nineties. Like I, I can remember one time in the eighties, uh something I watched in a documentary where Isaiah Thomas said, Look, Larry Bird is great, but he's white. <laughs> if he were black, he was he he said that um if he was black, he'd just be another guy. He would just be a regular player. That's what Isaiah Thomas said about Larry Bird. And that was those were the type of things that were happening very often during that previous era. So seeing something like this happen in today's game where everyone seems way too friendly with each other, that's great. That's good for the league and that's good for basketball. The next thing I want to talk about with you guys, you know, switching gears to something completely different, is the underappreciation of AD or Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. Here's the thing. When it comes to MVP talks, we're pretty much really only talking about one person. We're pretty much talking about two people, and it's really not even two. It's pretty much just one. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's pretty much the MVP. He's having the best season on the best team with the best record. And that's historically, that's how the MVP has always been voted on. It's not really that hard to understand, guys. But the problem is, you know, it, they say it's a, the media is pushing for a two-headed race. They say, oh, LeBron is second. You know, LeBron is second, LeBron is second, and it's Giannis first. LeBron is second. They never, ever talk about Anthony Davis. And it's very rare, and especially all over Twitter or just fans of basketball in general, we're never really talking about Anthony Davis. But here's the thing. Anthony Davis is a teammate of LeBron, right? That's the first thing. And I'm not sure if people are well aware of this, but Anthony Davis leads the, La- leads the Lakers ahead of LeBron and almost every single statistical category except for assists. Anthony Davis averages more points. He averages more rebounds. He averages more blocks. He averages more. Yes, he shoots a higher field goal percentage, less turnovers, less usage rate. I mean, a better free throw percentage. This man, I believe, steals as well. I mean, like literally almost any category. If you look at the advanced numbers, PER, you know, defensive win shares, defensive rating. He's just leading it in so many categories, and it's like, why is no one talking about him? Now, yes, granted, I get it. LeBron is the engine that makes that team go. He's the one that, he's the one that's facilitating all that, and I'm I'm completely aware of that. I'm not a casual, but the thing is, I just don't understand why no one talks about Anthony Davis. No one ever talks about him, and I honestly think it's super hypocritical of the media to be pushing for LeBron because when Steph and KD were together on the same basketball team from 2016 to 2019, the narrative was, hey, neither one of them can win MVP because they're both on the same team. They're both two top five players and they cancel each other out. But when it comes to this season, however, and it's LeBron, uh, LeBron for some reason doesn't get that, that uh, what's the word I want to use here? He doesn't get that stigma pointed to him. He, he's not penalized for that. For some reason, he's in MVP talks. And this is super, super biased towards LeBron by the media. Because when LeBron was in Miami, he was able to win MVP twice, actually. And in his first year, he had D-Wade. So from 2010 to 2014, he won two MVPs, but he had D-Wade. Doesn't really make sense. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. But the main point that I want to get across is no one's really talking about Anthony Davis and his contributions to his team. Uh, I believe ESPN has him like sixth or, I mean, fifth on the MVP ladder. And I'm not really too concerned with that. That's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is that I just don't know why no one's talking about him. I don't know why anybody, no one's giving him the type of appreciation and love that he deserves. 
I think he's easily a top five player in the NBA, and it's time we started talking about him and treating him as such. And that's pretty much where I was going with that. Now, moving on from that, guys, it's that time. It is finally here. The day has approached. Steph Curry, whatever you want to call him, the baby-faced assassin, the light-skinned warrior, (laughs) he is back. He has returned from his wrist injury, and he's playing tonight against the Toronto Raptors at 10.30 Eastern time. Look, we've been complaining for a while that the ratings, well, we haven't been complaining, but the NBA ratings have been down all this season. And this is something good. The Steph Curry returning is going to be a huge benefit for the NBA. The ratings are going to skyrocket again. Well, not skyrocket, but they're definitely going to start climbing upwards. They're going to start trending upwards because the return of Steph Curry. Why do I say that? Steph Curry, if you guys are unaware, because, you know, he's been gone for a while, the last few months. Uh, he's a global icon at this point. He's a basketball phenomenon. He's changed the game of basketball. He, he's just recognized. He's one of those guys, like Steph Curry. People who don't even watch basketball know who Steph Curry is. And you can only really say that about a few athletes in any sport. Where that We don't even watch that sport, but we know who they are. I don't watch soccer. I know who Messi is. I don't watch football too much. I know who Tom Brady is. And most people who don't even watch basketball know who Steph Curry is. Now, where am I going with that? My point is, this is good for the NBA. We miss... Steph Curry, and this is something great, okay? He returns tonight against the Raptors. He's an exciting player. He's electrifying the way he shoots the three ball, all of that. And we finally get to have him back in action again tonight against the Raptors. We will see how he performs, if he goes off, and that's just to be determined. For the next topic, what we're going to be discussing is that man, LeVar Ball. Look, honestly, you know, when when he first popped on the scene about two, three years ago, we thought he was just a crazy father who, you know, was just very over, over the top about his kids, you know. And that's kind of what it seemed like. It seemed like he was just a loud mouth parent. Like, you know, a lot of parents are, but the only difference is he has a spotlight and other parents don't. You know, he, he spoke, he pretty much said, oh, my son's going to be the best. And then when his son got drafted, oh, I got two more sons coming up. You know, I have my own brand, I'm starting my own brand. And all these things, like in a weird way, came to fruition. It's almost as if he spoke these things into existence. And you know what? More times than not, he's right about a lot of things he says. He talked about Luke Walton not being a good coach. And, you know, eventually the Lakers moved him. He talked about how Lonzo Ball would never really fit under Luke Walton. Now that Lonzo is not in L.A. anymore, now that he's on the Pelicans, it definitely seemed like he was right. I mean, Lonzo's playing the best ball of his career. No pun intended (laughs) because his last name is Ball. And he said, oh, you know, I'm going to take my son, my youngest son, LaMelo Ball, out of high school, and I'm going to have him play overseas in Lithuania. And we all thought, what are you doing? That's a terrible decision. Well, now LaMelo Ball is projected to be the first pick of the, of the 2020 draft. And, when he, when he, and not only that, he said his middle son was going to get in the NBA. He's currently on the G League for the OKC Blue it's just one thing after another. He keeps saying these things, and it's like, he's right. Oh, he's right about that. Oh, you know what? He wasn't he wasn't bluffing about that. Oh, he said that was going to happen, and it did. And you know what? For some reason, we still don't take this man serious. Because he says so many outlandish things that it's so hard to believe, but then when it actually happens, it's ridiculous. And he, he said LeBron, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 
He said LeBron would be coming to L.A. before he actually came to L.A. He said, oh, yeah, LeBron, LeBron wanted to play with my son. And he ended up coming. Like, I don't know. He, he might be on to something. But the point is, LeVar Ball, he's a crazy man. He was not undisputed recently talking about, you know, how all three of his sons are going to play together. And how, you know, he, he described the different attributes of all three different, you know, of his sons. He talked about how Lonzo, you know, he was kind of like the playmaker, the, the passer of, of the bunch. He talked about how LiAngelo was a scorer out of the three and how LaMelo was pretty much like the well-rounded of the three. Like, you know, he was a passer and a scorer. And I, I just, I don't know what to think of this, man. He's been, he's been writing about so many things. You know, he, he talked about his philosophy behind bringing his son, LaMelo, to Lithuania. And we didn't really understand it at first. This happened about a year ago, a year and a half ago. He pulled his youngest son out of high school while he was 16 and he brought, he brought him overseas to play basketball in Lithuania and Europe. And we all thought, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What is the purpose of that? And Lord and behold, now he's ready to be the first round pick. And he explained the reasoning was, look, Lamelo should only have to focus on basketball. He shouldn't have to be studying for some Spanish tests or some geometry tests, something he's never going to use again after he graduates. And... He, he went on to say, look, when he wakes up in the morning over there, it's straight basketball. Practices twice a day against grown men. And you know what? LaMelo is very good. He's a stellar young player. He's extremely talented. And the ESPN boards have him as a lottery pick. And you know what? He might have been right about it. It definitely seemed like that definitely did work for him. It definitely seems as if that was very a very smart decision that none of us saw coming. A diamond in the rough, so to speak. And you know what? He was right. And, <laughs> I mean... It comes to a point to where does he see the future? Like this man is just he he thinks about things in a way that no one else really sees, and he's just their father. You know what I mean? And that's just ridiculous. I'm looking forward to see what he says you know, later on the line. I mean, <laughs> pretty soon he's gonna start saying things like, you know what? They're about to win eight championships in a row. My son Alonzo about to win eight championships in a row. And at some point, <laughs> we just got to sit back and say, you know what? He might be right. Now he said something very recently though on Undisputed. He said in the first round, the Pelicans are going to, well, first of all, he said the Pelicans will make the playoffs. And then he said the Pelicans will upset the Lakers in the first round, which he said, not only did he say that, he said he'll beat them in six. So it wouldn't even be a seven game series. He said the Pelicans will upset the Lakers in six games if they meet in the first round of the playoffs. Now that's ridiculous. That's something that even I can't even get aboard with. And I don't know what y'all thought, but that's ridiculous. But look, I I also wouldn't be shocked if it happened. And the reason why I'm saying that is because he's just been right about so many things. And we still, we still don't take that man serious. So that's pretty much where I was going with LeVar Ball. He's, I mean, at first, when he came onto the scene, he was just some loud mouth of Max's father. But there's method to the madness, as we can see now. Now, transitioning, you know, because we were just talking about LeVar Ball. Then let's go ahead and talk about his son, Lonzo Ball. The thing is, look, when he came into the league, he was a second-round pick. In 2017, he was drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, LeVar Ball, on a side note, low-key spoke that into existence. He said his son would play for the Lakers, and he ended up doing it. And his first two seasons were very underwhelming at best. He wasn't a bust by any means, but he wasn't the transcendent all-time great like, you know, Magic and LeVar said he would be. And he got traded away to the New Orleans Pelicans in the AD trade, so that way LeBron could get AD. And honestly, he's balling. He's playing extremely well, and no one's really talking about his play in New Orleans. It's a perfect fit for him. He's got guys that can run up and down the court. He's around a very young core that can all grow together with him, along with B.I., Josh Hart, and obviously Zion Williamson. 
But I want to focus on Lonzo because the thing is, since no one's really talking about him, I want to be the one to go ahead and do that. He's playing extremely well. Uh, not extremely well. He's not. Oh, his, his numbers aren't overwhelming, but basketball is more than just numbers. It's about when you watch the basketball game, impact on basketball games. Lonzo has an impact on basketball games. He can pass the ball and play make and facilitate extremely well. Uh, he right now, right now for the season so far, he's averaging 13, 6, and 7. And, I mean, especially his defense. Look, he's going to be an all-defensive team selection at some point in his career. There's no way he can't be. He's so good in the passing lanes. He's so great at getting deflections when you watch him play. And he's a very, very good on-ball defender. Like, you're going to have a hard time scoring on him. He plays point guard, but he's 6'6". So he's oversized. So he's bigger than a lot of point guards. Typically, a point guard is between 6' foot and maybe 6'3", 6'4"-ish. And even 6'4 is kind of an anomaly. Blanjo Ball is 6'6". That is the height of most two guards, most shooting guards in the NBA. He's a point guard at 6'6", with very long, very long reach. He can bother shots. He's just a great defender, and he's a great playmaker. The only thing that he needs to work on, you know, is his field goal efficiency. He's only a 41% shooter, and it's free throws. He's not a very good free throw, free throw shooter. 57% from the free throw line is just pathetic. It's really not getting the job done. There's no excuse to shoot that poorly. But it's only his third year in the league. And well, he's like, what, 22, 21? He's a great basketball player. He's going to be something special. Uh, when I look at him in Zion, I kind of see like a, almost like a newer version or different version of like Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. I know Gary Payton wasn't as good of a passer as Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo Ball is not the defender that Gary Payton was. But the reason why they're similar is because Sean Kemp was extremely athletic and he could jump out the gym just like Zion can. And Gary Payton is was a great passer, not as good as Lonzo, but he was very good at throwing lobs to Sean Kemp. And the same thing can be said with Lonzo and Zion. He's very good at throwing lobs to Zion. So it's kind of like a, a new version of that, a new twist, if you will. And I just think it's very exciting basketball. The Pelicans are just a very young team. They're all growing up together. LeVar said that Lonzo Ball makes players better, and it honestly does seem like that's the case because... Now that Lonzo is running the show as far as being the playmaker, the, the, the primary ball handler, Brandon Ingram is now an all-star. Brandon Ingram has taken a giant step forward, and he's one of the candidates for most improved player of the year, or at least he was most of the season. And that, a lot of that definitely can be said because a lot of that had definitely has to do with Lonzo Ball. And I'm starting to think he's really starting to blossom. He's not under that shadow in L.A. of you know the expectations and his father. And I just think he's going to be a great basketball player. He's doing great things. I love watching him play. And no one's really talking about him. No one wants to really discuss him. But you know what? He's good. I mean, I think if his dad wasn't around, we would be talking about him more. Just because he's not transcendent yet doesn't mean he's not a great basketball player. And that is pretty much all we have for you guys today. That was HoopsCast Episode 7. This is your boy Edwin signing right off. Look, follow me on Twitter at NBA1Hoops. Follow me on Instagram at NBA1.hoops. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already at NBA1hoops, if you if you saw what I was getting at. Uh, follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow me anywhere. If you type in NBA1hoops in a search bar on Google, you'll find me everywhere. And that's pretty much all I have for you guys. I hope you're having a great day. You know We have great basketball games on tonight. We got the Clippers versus the Rockets. And it's the the return of Steph Curry, like I said earlier. So I hope you guys have a great one. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. That is all.